0: Back to Toons Toons podcast. I'm your host Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes, Tunes podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash Toons Toons podcast t u n e s slash t o o n s. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Well, I know you you guys didn't think I was going to have him back on, with Mr. Ryan Drake, after the March <laughs> sadness
1: debacle. Boy, we well, didn't we realize him back. That we didn't realize that that wasn't the only sadness of March. <laughs> The real March sadness
0: was the friends we made along the way.
1: And COVID nineteen apparently. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Shit. Uh that was such a that was peak. I mean, I think that was actually played into to the your topic. Podcast.
1: Really, yeah. It was just like and it ended I up do, being
0: very sad because I was so fucking pissed by the end of that. You've
1: episode. done like a handful of episodes since then, but it was all like a lot of it was through like Zoom and stuff, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It really fell off Man, it was so strange to like I mean it's hard to do it. You can't just have people up here every yeah. week. I understand completely. Yeah. My um, home setup isn't that great, so I was like, eh, "If I can't really like put out the quality I want to do, I'm just I'll just take a break.
1: Like I'll just do episodes when I want to do them." And it is weird though because that feels like the most obviously like the most best time to start a podcast when you can't really do anything else. But yeah. you're just like, "Nah, I'm gonna." Everybody say it. and their mom was starting them though for sure. Like, I kind of want to, yeah, like. Not that, I mean, there's a lot we could say about 20. I mean, I'd like to come here in, at the beginning of the year. I'm going to make this a fucking, I'm going to make this a tradition now. I'm <laughs> declaring it tradition. I will be here every January, Harold, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you're like Mariah Carey at Christmas. It's Ryan Drake at the beginning of the year. As soon as the clock hits midnight on <laughs> December 31st, it's Ryan Drake season. You're like behind me, you're like uh-huh. breathing at my shoulder. <laughs> I'm just like creeping up. <laughs> no, I do remember um, that when the pandemic started, we had just finished recording March Sadness. We did, yeah. And like it was coming out at the very beginning of quarantine. Which was which I just re- I just remember that because it was like I just moved in with Bo, who was on the panel with us. All right. Still live there. We're still not we're still not divorced yet. Um which is also crazy that I moved into that house the day quarantine started. Wow and it was not playing that way. That's insane. It just happened to be like that. Shit. And like it I can't imagine living alone like during quarantine like I people still say like during quarantine like it's over like it's not over but during the, the co- early the quarantine f- proper yeah um but yeah i remember when when march sadness came out i was like oh my god finally something <laughs> something's happened <laughs> well and it was like that has been like the biggest performing thing on my show
0: to date like that really? that stretch of episodes i had meant to i put together th- i was putting together a thing to like show you guys like how many listens it got like over the life of it and i need to like send that Redig that up and tell yeah. you guys
1: because it was like i'm glad that it worked I'm it was be- like
0: huge numbers for like the biggest numbers that i've ever gotten on the podcast
1: really for that series yeah and you couldn't even cash in and get new sponsors because i should i know pandemic the world was i do i did feel first of all i remember when we recorded that last one i was like kind of drunk you had beer sponsors and i was like oh, drinking yeah. and i don't think any of us realized that like you were mad bad and i felt Dude, bad i, was I, was I felt mad. bad i know i felt so bad and, like, as soon as we were done – I don't know if you remember this. I remember this. When we were done recording, I we tried to act like, well, that was a funny act, like, that you did. Like, you <laughs> proved into And you were just like, hmm
0: Get the fuck out of here.
1: No, you were just, like, very quiet. You are just like, mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I'm like a cool. shutter down kind of – like, when I get – I'm not a confrontational guy. So when it
1: happens, I'm like, I'm just going to recoil into myself. Do you um, – I know we'll talk about the OC, I'm sure, in a minute. But, like, do you remember at all the OC season one finale? Yeah. Do you remember when Ryan was leaving to, at the end of the episode and he goes to Seth's room and he gives him the map back? That is me. That was totally a, you. I just Seth watched Cohen. that episode last week and that's exactly what you were doing to cool. us. Yeah. You just cool. like, we weren't even looking at You were just looking at the other way. Just like, cool, man. <laughs> we're like, oh, okay.
0: I, and it's so like, cause then later, you know, when you like look back, you're like, fuck, I was like being such a little bitch
1: about it. But but no, no, no! I felt the same way though, because I would listen back. I listened back to that episode, and I was like, "Oh shit, I shouldn't have said." Like, there were some things I said that I was like, "Oh man, that was kind of mean." I think I said like, "This is garbage" <laughs> at one point, oh, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that was too far, probably." <laughs> <laughs> it, was it was all. It was a joke. Obviously, I but was like, in my
0: feelings for sure. Anyway. That was so funny, man. I was like, "Fuck you guys!" I remember at one time, at one point in the episode, Emily said something. I'm like, "Then why'd you fucking ask?" Or something crazy like. That. <laughs> It got so bad. Like I had friends were
1: texting me, like, Damn, really? did y'all
0: like getting a fight after that? I was like, dude, no. Like, that would have been stupid. good.
1: That's like pro wrestling content. That's how they just like <laughs> script out fake arguments just and stuff. Punch Emily right in the face. Oh boy. Shout out to Emily. Have I beat her yet in uh in appearances on this after show? After
0: this one you may be oh, close boy. or have overtaken her. That's right. So just don't have her on for another yeah. year um <laughs> she can't li- can't let her overtake you Mm-mm. speaking of the oc uh-huh. great segue you're welcome if you've kept up with the cohen's hey this has been my favorite podcast i can't believe you love it so much i fucking love the oc I, so much. i know and uh we, i've been watching it on hbo max mm-hmm. i can't i've got to fucking slow down on the show because i'm gonna like burn through the episodes faster than you guys are doing the show and i don't want that to happen i gotta watch that's it in insane real time. to
1: me that you Think that like that's that that's your problem because we feel like the opposite like and i know we just kind of talked about it a little bit but like trying to do four episodes a week i'm i'm thinking like who has time to watch four episodes at the oc a week and then another two hour podcast about those four <laughs> episodes of the oc they just watched i mean i guess people do have that um but i've also had people tell me the opposite like i cannot keep up with four episodes plus your podcast it's a, yeah it's yeah. But that's something we kind of get into because we record all the episodes right. already. But that's something we kind of get into. Is like it's there forever. It's on demand. It doesn't need to be. It's not a weekly show that needs to be listened to like weekly. Right. Like, it's 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 at your own leisure. You guys take your time. Don't feel obligated to like just power through them. Just unless watch you're it at your unless own pace. you're Harold and you just <laughs> I've got it mainline.
0: I'm, I am. Yeah, I'm pumping the brakes. I've I love stop. that you
1: love it. Thank you.
0: Uh, but yeah, I mean, I actually love the story about how it, it came about. Like it was such like a such
1: peak millennial energy about like it was like a tweet. <laughs> um yeah i don't even remember i think i originally made a tweet that was a joke because like chelsea what's crazy about it is that um chelsea dylan and i they went to college together so they knew each other at ou in college i met them both separately through different things i've only but i've really only met them like a handful of times ever like Chelsea and I used to write for the Lost Ogle at the same time, so we went to a couple of like events through that. Dylan and I actually met through my—I don't—he and I have never actually talked about this. He and I met through my ex girlfriend from like 2010 or something. They were friends, and she introduced us, and like we kind of just were like cool with each other, and we started following each other on social media. And then I always—I used to run into him all the time when I worked at the Oklahoman, like in the underground tunnels when he worked downtown. Oh, right on. But like it was just weird that like I knew them both separately, they knew each other separately. And then we um, and you all three love that show. We all three love that show, and I had made some dumb tweet about the OC like months ago, and Chelsea thought it was just so funny. I remember she was (laughs) she was like, "That's the best tweet of the year," and I was like, "That's very nice." And then like a couple weeks later, she was like, "Should we start a podcast about the OC?" And even when she said it was a joke, I was like, "I feel like this is gonna go somewhere. It's gonna spiral." (laughs) Because like I don't know if you remember when Kellen and I were on your show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about the OC. Um, the music of the OC, we had said we should start an OC rewatch. Like someone needs to start an OC rewatch oh, podcast. Shit. You did say that. We I talked about, about that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, there's really not one. I mean, there kind of are, um, but like, I don't know. There's like two. When you look at most other major shows, even shows that are that old, there's still, there's a lot more. Um, so I don't know. It's a kind of a, a niche thing there, but I do remember because um, Kellen had said,
0: <laughs> it was a drinking game to for the rewatch. Take a shot every time Ryan and she says, Hey, hey,
1: hey. (laughs) So I knew I can't unhear it now every time I watch. I know it's hard. I know. Dude, I could go we could talk forever. I mean, we could talk about the OC if you want, but like Misha Barton. First of all, shout out to her. We got a cameo from her. That Um, was so
0: fucking awesome. Holy
1: shit. She's Misha Barton is great as a person. She is so bad as an actress. She's so bad. (laughs) <laughs> and, like, her energy on screen in the OC. First of all, it's weird. She was, like, 16 in season one in real life. Oh, in real life? And Ben McKenzie was, like, 25. Like, 10 years older than her. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years older than Which me. is kind of borderline illegal. Yes. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I mean, the ages of the people in real life is so interesting to me. Who follows who on Instagram? I don't know if we've gotten into that on the podcast yet. Um, I don't remember what episode that was. I don't was, think but so. Like, who f- like which cast members follow whom on Instagram is really interesting to me. Wow. And um, who like they're just their political views we talk about a lot oh yeah Uh, Anna Anna is like a hard conservative like Samara Samara Armstrong hard conservative like QAnon conspiracist Um, but obviously she plays the total opposite of that on the OC I'm sure her views have changed over the years but (laughs) keep that shit in Pittsburgh Anna that's right Um, but like the guy who plays Luke Chris Carmack who I fucking love rewatching the OC has made me love Luke so much he's so great yeah Great. Um, he's made me love Lucas made me really hate Seth Cohen. I just I, Dude, I cannot stop. Okay, this is the
0: this is the OC stand section sure. of the podcast. I am
1: shook about how much of a piece of shit he is in the show and I've never noticed. Well, we didn't know that this is another thing we get into a lot is like we didn't notice because we were young, we were dumb just like he is in that show. Like we were very similar to him. We were very selfish and self-serving. Cause that's who you are as a ch- as a kid, right? But then you rewatch it now. Like I'm in my early thirties now. I'm like, oh my god, this I hate this guy. He's a piece
0: of shit. There's like small things too. I will watch an episode. Like I just watched an episode where Ryan's taking the trash. It's like a small thing. They're walking and talking, and he's taking the trash out. And Seth's like, or he's like, hey, uh, help me grab this trash. Like while they're talking, and Ryan walks off with one bag, and then Seth just Seth walks, walks with him but with leaves the bag. It. Yeah, yeah. And Ryan Remember goes that. back and grabs the bag. I'm like, you
1: dickhead. Like such Just a small so much, thing, but I'm like, you suck. I mean, I feel like it's the joke is he's self absorbed. Like that's the joke, but right. it's also to a fault. That's not like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I compared it to like it's Seinfeld. Not Well, I've compared it to like in the way that Seinfeld, because they're all Jewish, right? That's kind of a Jewish thing, right? I can say that's fine. Um, <clears throat> like Seinfeld was very self aware and funny about how shitty they were as people. Like that was the joke. But like with the OC and Seth, it's very much not that. It's very much like this is just who he is. And I don't know. Also, the nerd trope drives me crazy with him.
0: You are you like comic books, but you're a girl.
1: Yeah, he does I'm say like, that in one episode, which God. is crazy. A lot of weird gay jokes that we that we just let go in 20. Like, obviously, we all kind of were guilty of that type of – it was like locker room talk, you know? Right. Um, But like, it's just crazy how much of that shit has not aged well. Yeah. And that show's not that old. It's less than 20 years old. Um, But just the fact that he was, like, considered, like, the pinnacle of nerd, right? Like, when in reality, he was just an asshole that liked indie rock and emo, which is, like, not real in comic books. But, like, I don't know. That's just, it's not nerdy. He was, like, a cool person. He just sucked, and that's why no one liked him. No, people didn't like him because he was a nerd. People didn't like him because he sucked. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on and on. No. Go off, King. That's what I'm saying. I just, I don't know. I hate that that became like the trope. It was like, oh, he's like, he's a nerd. And I was like, no, he's not. Like, <laughs> there are people, I know that, I remember Dylan talked about in one of the episodes, like Luke was supposed to be, and like he's supposed to be like a high school guy. And like you see Luke in episode one, like with his shirt off, and he's like this fucking Hollister model. <laughs> he's looks like he's the most ripped, chiseled, handsome man. And you're like, How am I supposed to survive if that's a high school guy? I
0: know. I'm like, what the fuck?
1: But I kind of feel the same way about Seth when it's like he's supposed to be the lowest status person of their high school. But in any other high school in real life, he would be like a bully, you know? So it's like, how the fuck are the actual nerds supposed to survive when that's what everyone thinks a nerd is?
0: I love seeing things come from the show, though, because like Chris Carmack is in Grey's Anatomy now. Yeah. Yeah. And I just was watching, Madison was watching it and, um some random episode he was in. But he's, like, playing guitar in the episode and, like, playing, like, some bluesy shit or something. But I was just like, fucking Louie, he's stuck with the guitar all the way from high school. Now he's playing at his job Dude, in a, we, as a doctor.
1: <laughs> I, I don't remember, I don't know what episodes have been, re- as far like, what episodes we've covered that have been released. This will come out, our podcast right now will come out next week. Yep. I think by next week, the Rooney episode will be out of our podcast. Dude. And we talk a lot about, about we talk a lot about Luke and his <laughs> guitar playing and the fact that he is in, first of all, Luke still looks incredible has aged very well and he's super, super liberal woke guy now, which again is very contrary to his character on the show. Um, He's like in a band with his wife now and they like oh, make what? music. That's cool. <laughs> I know. And I like watched a music video they made and I was like, go, you go Chris Carmack. You and go Luke. I fucking love Luke now.
0: It must be things like they build it in. Cause they've done that with Sandy Cohen, like, um, building in opportunities for him to showcase like that. He likes to sing. Oh yeah. Peter yeah. Gallagher Peter likes, Gallagher is,
1: is yeah. He's a singer. He released a solo album. Yeah. Like 2005 or something. Um, Yeah.
0: So so there's. I always like to see that. It's like, oh, they like a musician. They like are getting an opportunity on the show as like part of their character arc to be like. I think it was for him and Kirsten's um, anniversary that he like forgot or something, and so he like makes it up to her. He like brings her to the bait shop and sings.
1: Yeah, what a great gift, right? I was like, (laughs) I'm gonna sing to you now. I know it's like, (laughs) uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's fun. Um, but yeah, he did release a solo album, so shout out to Peter Gower. He's doing big things. to Misha Barton, to that Mac and cheese or Mac and cheese. <laughs> 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 I love that you love it so much. It makes me really happy. Um,
0: I love that. I've always loved that show. And I always tell people about it. I'm like, and it's funny explaining it to people how much I like the show. Cause it's just like, doesn't, I guess people have like an idea of like something I would like in their head. And they're like, you like, I'm like, yeah. Well, mercy couldn't make it to her cotillion. What are we going mean, to do? Duh. <laughs>
1: what and like obviously what do you what do you expect for me to like um i didn't even know what a cotillion was before i I still don't i still really don't know what a cotillion is to be honest i've seen that episode a billion times but um yeah misha barton is a terrible actress and has just really really you know the character of seth has not aged well but misha barton herself has just not aged that well (laughs) No offense to her. She's lived some she's lived a couple of lives. Like she's been through some shit. She's had she's had some Tijuana nights yeah. more than once. And that's another weird thing about that show is that the, uh, she's a terrible actress, but the scenes where she has to act like a fucking hot mess and like really fucked up, she does really well. And <laughs> it's like, ugh, that's little, kind little of too, a
0: cry for help. A little too true to life. Yeah. Um well we talked about this. You said you're gonna force force yourself into the first episode mm-hmm. every year. That's every right. Year. That's right. So I was uh, a couple things I looked or I le- uh, stuck out to me from the last episode. Whenever you yeah. So we did this a year ago. Yeah, and we we're following up on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like a few of the things that stuck out to me that I wanted to talk to you about. So a year so ago that, we recorded a podcast, and you f- you came on. And you're like, yeah. yeah, man, I'm fresh off the dance party, emo and emo nights, uh-huh. and a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. God, how the turntables!
1: I've been missing them, bro. Did, so we I mean, obviously, you can't talk about 2020 without. I mean, it's the weirdest year ever. Right. Um. And like we did that podcast in January and things were pretty normal up and through when we did March Madness in right. March. Yeah. Um, I think I only did two dance parties in 2020. I think I did. Well, if you don't count New Year's Eve, I did one in February and one in March. Um, and yeah, I miss it so much by of such a big worry that people aren't going to come back once things are kind of back to normal. One, just because people are going to be afraid to go out, I think, for a long time. Right. And two, just because it's going to be kind of forgotten about. I ho- I don't know. I'd, I hope it's not. I hope it's one of those things that people are, like, ready to come do it. Um, but I just feel like so many things have happened that it's not going to be like, oh, there's this thing that's going to happen every month from now on again. Like, we don't need to go to it now, you know? I've just been seeing, like, it's, like, one of the glimmers, I guess.
0: Like, the people randomly in the last, like, few weeks and months have been, like, uh um, Man, I'm missing. I'm missing the emo- or the 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 dance nights at Speakeasy with Ryan Drake. Like mm-hmm. random people just tweeting about it and like Speakeasy retweeting them and stuff. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I the hope they that- like gave a shit about it.
1: Like, I don't know, I, everyone has their own, and I'm actually interested to know kind of what your quarantine was, has been like, because everyone kind of has their own levels of things, right? No, Because there's no leadership anywhere. There's no standards of like right. what you can do or what you cannot do or whatever. Like, yeah. there's literally no leadership. So everyone is left to their own devices as far as like what's okay and what's not okay. Um, but like, I'm a little, I'm concerned, and I think it's a valid concern. I'm not saying that these people are wrong at all. But my concern is that, I mean, we're heading into twenty twenty one. I feel like it's going to be good. I mean, we're in twenty twenty one now, but I feel like we have, you know, we have a new president coming. We have a vaccine. Like things are starting okay. Um But my concern is just that one everyone reads their own thing so everyone forms their opinion based on like the thing that they read because no one's telling them the, the truths really you know um, there's a lot of confirmation bias it's like on. so anytime i try to say something like well i read this thing about covid i just feel like no one who cares like they, you probably read your own thing about covid that contradicts the thing i read about covid so what's it matter right but from what i can gather from from things i read and i believe um people like you and i aren't gonna get the vaccine until like summer Like, it's, they have a plan, they're rolling it out over time, which is fine, but, like, shit's not going to be able to even remotely start getting back to normal until summer. But even then, it's, like, if we did a dance party in July, people going to come in July to a fucking packed-as-fuck dance floor? Like, probably not. They're going to be, like, ease me back into it, you know? Like, I'm not ready to go be in large crowds again after what just happened, so... I don't know. I feel like it could take a lot. It's going to take a while. I'm worried okay. about festivals. Like, every festival's been pushed oh, and pushed yeah. and pushed and pushed. And now, like, Coachella and Bonnaroo are all supposed to be happening in September. And it's like... That was one of the other things you were talking about last year, Bonnaroo.
0: Raging Against the Machine of Bonnaroo was, like, the big thing. Uh,
1: Raging Against the Machine was at Coachella. Or yeah, Coachella. I don't know if the Bonnaroo line had come out yet or if I was just predicting. It, it was
0: just coming. It's about to come out this week by the time that we listen to it, is what you said on the show. Okay. Like, we we I think we recorded right before it was released.
1: It did come out, obviously. Um, Ranging's machine was not on it, but they were. I think they were Coachella, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right, actually. Um, but yeah, like it's just every festival has been pushed and pushed forever, and now they're scheduled tentatively for September 2021. And it's like I I hope I don't know like even I guess I guess my thing is like if there's a vaccine, cool, we've got the vaccine. Are we just gonna go party now? Like, is that it? I just it feels weird. I mean, I'm down. I'm here to do it. I'll do it. <laughs> it just feels like I have this thing. That I think people are going to be very reserved for at least well, another year. Just, yeah, I mean, it's just we don't know. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's too. Plus, we've kind of become like a thing that I've really. Uh, it's hard to say like there were good things that came out of this, but there were some things that happened that wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the pandemic. Obviously, we would much rather have not had the pandemic. But there were some cool things that have happened as a result of it. Like, and for me, one of them was just like I don't drink hardly at all anymore. But because we can't go out and party, right? Um, but it's just like I've gotten used to and kind of enjoy just hanging out of my house now. Like I don't feel the need. I don't miss going out. I don't miss going to bars. Um, and I think like every, I think a lot of people have kind of fallen into that. Yeah, it's been
0: pretty bizarre. Like it's just like you're saying. There's so many extremes that. I remember when I went and watched, um, I went and watched Tenet when it was in theaters and that was just like. You went to a theater? I know. I was okay. like, it was like one of those things that I was like, do I want to go to this?
1: Oh no, I have a is thing. This a I'm sure risk? you know what the thing is that I will talk about in a second, yeah. but yeah. So on.
0: I was just like, man, like I was really back and forth on it and like the big thing, like one of my big things is that I love going to the movies. Like that's always been something that I love to do and I was just like, this could be the last movie that i ever watch in a theater that because this you know where we're at now that could be completely changed moving forward like with things going straight to streaming um we had things like wonder woman we watched that at christmas you know it's me me and my wife this is a brand new movie we're watching it at our house Mm -hmm. she's like oh i gotta use the bathroom we pause it and Mm -hmm. like get popcorn Mm -hmm. it's like you can about save thing. yourself about a hundred bucks doing it and this like way, but the convenience of it. And then you can pause it. You can, it's just not like, that's going to be a game changer for so many people. So whenever tenant came out, I knew that I wanted to watch it. So I was like, fuck, like I was like really back and forth. Cause like the people on either extremes are going to be like, very like into what they're thinking. So like people that were like crucifying people for going to stuff. I was just like, it was like the shame of it. And I talked to another friend that had also went and watched it. And I was like, I didn't even know you went and saw it. He's like, I didn't know you went and saw it. Like, we never posted about tell it. Each other. Yeah, like, yeah. And so, um, you but know. That's what I, I mean
1: by how everyone has their own
0: kind yeah. of thing. So we, and you know, we ended up going and it ended up being that it's me and my wife. We went opening night at AMC Quail, the biggest, like their big theater. And it was me, her, and the one guy
1: by himself. For the opening night of Tenet. At Quail Springs AMC. It was damn. I thought they were, I thought Tenet was still bringing some people. I didn't know that. It was crazy. I was like,
0: Man, like, I expected, I don't know what I expected. The thing, all I knew, I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone, I don't want to touch anything. I just want to go to our seats. We're gonna wear a mask the whole time in the seats. Like, and then we get there, and there's just like nobody there, like one
1: guy there by himself. So I know that you're like a movie person. And I'm know you're also a music person, but I'm much more of a music person than I am a movie person. I don't really watch too many movies, but the thing I think with movies is that one, they all just started hemorrhaging money immediately because no one was going to the movies. Right. So that was like the big, that was like strike one, right? And then strike two was the it was that these all these like distribution and media companies said, well, we're just going to put these out moving forward, even like from now on. These movies are going to be streamed pretty quickly yeah. after they are released, if not immediately. Warner Brothers. Warner if Brothers not immediately, yeah, like same day. Yeah. Um. So that's like a, just a one-two punch that's just going to be brutal for movie theaters. Like I don't know. Like I said, I'm not a I'm not a huge movie person, so it's like less significant to me. But I know movie people who were just like, "This is bad." Like, when people were giving like the Movie Pass thing, remember? Yeah, you pay like, you could ten bucks a month or whatever. Yeah. Um, they thought that was going to be like the death of movie theaters. And now it's just like, they would fucking love for that to yeah. come back. Right. <laughs> like they would love for that to happen right now. Right. Um, But I guess the thing that I uh, have thought a lot about, cause I've thought about this a lot. Everyone has all the time in the world to think about everything now. Um, Is that when you have a movie, it's a universal experience. Like if you go to a movie and I go to a movie and we're in different places or whatever, like it's the same movie. We're seeing the same movie. And if we're in my house, you know what I mean? But like with concerts, it's all it's different. Like concerts are a live experience. I can't imagine like you can watch movies, some people prefer watching movies at their house. A lot of people prefer watching movies at their house. I can't I can't I don't think there's one person that would like prefer to watch a live concert on their couch, you know? Now I want my shit to get blown out by them
0: speakers, boy.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so that's the where I'm like I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what's going to happen. At some point, it'll come back. Hopefully there's enough venues around <laughs> that survive. Like it's it's bad.
0: Yeah, it's it's been a big thing, man. Like, that is literally my two things. I love music. I love movies. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had tickets to see a show at, at the Diamond. And, you know, it got rescheduled. And I was like, that's fine. Like, they're being safe. That's good. Got rescheduled again. And then it got canceled. Right. And then they rescheduled for this year. And because of conflict issues, two shows got dropped. Albuquerque and Oklahoma City. What band was it? Silverstein. Nice. And so I was, like, going to go see them, but now it's, like, well, shit, now I can't go see them. So now it's, like, well, like, how is this going to impact that industry? Like, I, that was early I mean, on. I, easily,
1: I think it's easily, I think it's the most up-against-the-wall industry as far as For sure. there are no other options. Like, you're either doing concerts or you're not doing concerts. Right. There's, I mean, you can try to do live streams. Like, I know Tower Theater has tried to do some things like that. But, like, right. you need live, you need big crowds to
0: survive. It's just different, man. Like... I mean, I honestly don't know. We don't have the answer. So it's just so tough when you have to speculate, like, how is this going to impact? Like, what's this going
1: to look like at the end of 2021? Well, it's weird to think that there are these artists that, um, I mean, I used to kind of know who's going to go on a touring cycle soon, who's due for, who's on an album cycle. They're going to want to go tour on that or whatever. And now when I think about, like, you know, just as an example, Casey Musgraves, obviously I love her. Listening to her album the other day and I was like, Man, I saw her a bunch of times last year. I've literally no idea when I'll ever see her again. Cause even when things come back, it's like you have to you know what I mean? Like even when things come back, it's not like every artist is just gonna tour immediately. Like they have their own shit to do and like who know like I don't know. I just remember never really having that thought before of like, I really like this band, I bet I get to see them in the next year somewhere, somehow. And now it's just like I have no idea. It's kinda weird, it's a weird feeling. And like if we want to talk about twenty twenty stuff Dua Lipa, obviously, I'm obsessed with her. I'm fucking, I love her so Dua much. Dua Lipa can't miss. Mm, I mean, she really can't. Goes without saying. Best song of 2021 already. That song she's on with Kylie Minogue. It's so fucking good. <laughs> it dropped January 1st. It is great. Um, but like she had easily my favorite album of 2020. A lot of, I mean, there's a lot of good music that came out this year. Narrowing my top 20 down was really hard. The hardest I think it's ever been for me. Um, I don't know if that's because the music was good. Or if that's just because I had more time to listen to more music or what. I don't know. But Dua Lipa had easily my favorite album. It's just perfection in my book. Was that like, Future Nostalgia? Yeah. It came out in March. Um, wow. I know. Shit. But that's the thing is that she did a live stream concert. And I was super – I loved it. It was called Studio 2054. She did it on Black Friday. And I loved it. It was so good. It was highly – because like, the ones I can't stand are just like, you're going to pay 20 bucks to watch – some dude with an acoustic guitar singing at you for 30 minutes. it's like, "Eh, that's not for me. Right. Some, but that's some people's thing. That's not my thing. Dua Lipa went balls to the wall, full crew, rented out a huge studio space, full decorations, like full lights, like a full production, full full on production. Like it, it was incredible. I mean, they had full on production. There's Google clips of it and you'll, it, it was amazing what they were able to pull off. Um, but the weird thing about it was me thinking was me realizing actually that like she released an album in March. She had, she had done a couple of shows before that. Like where she, cause I know don't stop now is like the big song came out in December last year, 2019. Sorry. Um, and so I'm sure she had a couple shows where she was able to play that song. as like the lead single or whatever. But like after that album came out in March, she did not play those songs ever. <laughs> like she didn't play those songs live Quote unquote live until November when she did that live stream. Jeez. So, all of these artists that have been making all this music have not performed it ever anywhere, which I think is bizarre. Because, like, she's had that album out for almost a year and has played it approximately one time on her own live stream. Fuck. And I, cause I remember thinking, like, I, wonder, I, I was thinking, like, I, I wonder what I the set list, I was like, what's the set list gonna be like? And I was like, oh, I'm sure it's all new album stuff because she's never played these songs before. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah. Um, but that's like that was so good. Taylor Swift put out two excellent records, in my opinion. But like part of the thing about it was, I mean, Folklore came out. Folklore was my personal favorite. I, Folklore is an album I'm still. I listen to it today when I walk my dog. It's out just, of the
0: two, you like that one better?
1: Yeah. I may, maybe it's, I think a lot of people might have recency bias for Evermore just
0: because. I, I feel like that's, that happens a lot. Well, well, like something will come out recently and it'll be like, but she dropped them both the same year.
1: Yeah, I think I mean some people really like Evermore more than Folklore. To me, it sounds more like just kind of the songs that weren't good enough to make it onto Folklore, <laughs> the, you know, the B sides. Kind of. I mean, I've compared it to like Justin Timberlake's 2020 Experience, and then he did 2020 Part Two, right? Yeah, and it was like not nearly as good as 2020 when, Part One. When that dropped,
0: uh, you you know Jacob uh, Galatia, yeah, um, <laughs> he like posts something. I think it was on Facebook or Twitter. He was like, he's like, man, I'm gonna be seeing nothing but blonde ponytails on my Instagram feed, Instagram stories, aren't I? And it was like the album of the Evermore.
1: Oh, for Taylor, I think it meant for the 2020s. Nah, really? Okay, yeah, yeah, the
0: Evermore album cover was like that. Her yeah, 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 he was like, I'm just gonna see nothing but a flood of. And so every time I remember, every time I think it was that week. Every time I screenshot saw it, it, I would, send it to- absolutely, I'd send it to him. Absolutely, <laughs> he's like, man,
1: fuck you. That's what I thought about you. And I got in the car on New Year's Eve, and they were playing "The New <laughs> Year" by Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> you love to see it, folks. Um, but like. I prefer folklore. I mean, I think folklore is, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I know a lot of people are not. I love Taylor Swift. Um, and I think folklore is her best album she's ever made. Um, wow. Yeah. And I, we can talk about that in a minute too. the kind of these artists that I'm into and like their progressions, but like um, she did this thing, but like she made this album. She's Taylor Swift. She's like one of the five biggest musical acts in the world. She made this album in July and has still never, I mean, she's never played any of these songs live. Right. Man, I've, you're blowing my mind right now because I'm like I have
0: not thought of that. She like, did do it. So she did. A, she
1: did a Disney Plus like yeah that like, show. Yeah, it was like her hanging out with Jack Antonoff and um, not Boni Bear, the other guy. Um, oh, the, the guy from the National. Was
0: it dude from Steel Train?
1: Jack. Jack Antonoff. That's crazy. Yeah, he I was like he was, he was like a big part of that album oh wow that dude's um, pretty talented well, That's what, dude when we were just talking a minute ago before and i was like i'm looking at who's coming out with albums in 2021 i was like oh that's an interesting one it was bleachers oh right because bleachers i guess another band bleachers is gonna have an album coming out in 2021 wow. and i really like bleachers and i feel like jack Antonoff is doing i almost i literally almost said the lord's work even though because he's worked with lord he made melodrama which wow. is one of my favorite records of the last 10 years <laughs> and he's also worked a lot with taylor swift and i just I'm really interested to see what this new Bleachers record is gonna be like that comes out in twenty twenty one. Anyway, she made a Disney Plus show and it was her playing those songs in a studio. Um, but it's still it's not a live performance. I mean the Dua Lipa <laughs> thing is not really a live performance. Right. So they've never played these songs before. To a crowd. Yeah. That's
0: nuts, man. That's so crazy. It might be how the that might be how the industry shifts though. I mean, same with movies, they're not playing the crowds or playing the people I know, but in their I can't house. but the thing,
1: but that's the difference. That's what I'm trying to get at. Is like I can't imagine if you're saying you can go see Dua Lipa live at the Chesapeake Arena or you can watch her do that same show live from your house. I'm gonna go to the Chesapeake it's Arena. It's right? not the same yeah, it's two different
0: But like with movies, it's a lot there's too, a lot media. the b- lines are a lot more blurred, I feel like Yeah. For movies I think it's like the convenience thing and it's just different. It's just a different media. Like you're not going for the event. You're going to say I saw Dua Lipa. Like you could tell people I was at that concert and you weren't It's honestly a flex.
1: I mean, but also movies, you can almost recreate. Like, people have massive TVs with crazy surround sound. Right, And, like, very comfortable chairs that are more, and, like, they can save a ton of money on food, eat whatever they want. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. Concerts and festivals, I just feel like, are getting hit the hardest because of that.
0: Uh, One thing you mentioned last year was the phenomenon of one Kings of Leon (laughs) being at the top of the game at one point and then... (laughs) Not
1: headlining. I saw, you fucking love Kings of Leon, man. I love that you left Kings of Leon and, and uh, keeping up with the Coens.
0: And they um they're releasing new music just this week. Is it out J- January seventh? They're dropping it. No, okay. They, they've been doing like teaser, like little. I clips heard from. Songs. I heard the clip of like the first one that they dropped last yeah, week. Yeah, there's like been four or five of them, I think. And
1: so I think they're just doing teasers mm-hmm. until the day, and then they're gonna drop the new album. Maybe. I'm gonna give it a shot. I mean, I don't dislike Kings of Leon at all. I just think that they're. It was just funny. I just think that their rise and fall is really interesting. You mentioned
0: them, and I was just like, "That's so funny that they're just happen to be dropping an album this week when we're talking."
1: I don't dislike them. I don't love them either, but they are. Um, I, they they could easily make a great record. Like I maybe they will. Maybe it'll be my favorite album. I don't know. Um, of this year, but I will say that they are in that same category to me, <laughs> as in, as. And this is like all of my opinion. I'm not trying to act like I know better than anybody else. This is not March sadness. I love the preface. I love. This is not March sadness (laughs) where I absolutely did know better than anyone else. (laughs) Um, but they fall into that same category to me as some of the bands we talked about the other day, is like the Strokes. Oh right, because yeah, we we're talking about the new Abnormal. Yeah, like like the Strokes, Kings of Leon, um, Tame Impala. I can't remember if AJR. AJR may have been late 2019. But like, none of those bands to have been interesting to me in a long time, if ever. Like Kings of Leon were interesting to me when they were the biggest band in the world. They were wow. the biggest band in the world. Um, The Strokes are really I like the first Strokes album a lot. Is this it? Yeah, two thousand one, I think. I believe you're right. Twenty years ago. <laughs> um, but like ever since then, it's just gotten progressively like, oh, they're still doing that. They're still just doing the Strokes thing. And then when the new abnormal came out, I was ready to love it. I was ready for like pandemic jams, and I just I listened to it once all the way through, and it was just like I don't need to listen to this again. There, like, there was a
0: we had a, a similar viewpoint on um what song was that
1: uh was I it the Blink be- One Eighty Two song it sounded, de- yes was it Bad Decision? sounds like it sounded like by Matsky of a Blink One Eighty Two. I was
0: at work, uh I think I was at work. I was somewhere, but I played it, and I was like, hey, have you heard the new Blink? And I played it because it's just like the intro. And they and believed it. They were like, oh, wow. I was like, this is the Strokes. They are like, what? Like, this is so crazy. But you're right. They kind of did. I mean, it's they've got a signature thing. It's like the Strokes thing. Kings Leon's always been like that. Like, I always get razzed by my friends about like in Kings Leon. They'll be like, what's that? What's that Kings Leon song that goes? You're
1: like, oh, that's all of them? I was like, oh, yeah. It's every song I've ever written. But like I said, they <laughs> fall into that same kind of just, I mean, trap's not the right word, but like
0: they just all those bands do. that i just
1: mentioned even ray i mean i god i think tame and paul is really boring i think they're fun live they've got five good songs that i really enjoy but like they keep making more songs you know what i mean they keep making a lot of the same stuff and i'm like okay i just think that they had a really disappointing album in 2020 so did the strokes um one thing that i th- and like i even think i think radiohead's really boring i know that's like kind of sacrilege to say to some people but like i just can't get with radiohead i think they're so boring and and it's not and it's not just boring white guy bands actually, because I think Run the Jewels is the same way. Oh, <laughs> uh, Run the Jewels is like people like them because it's cool to like them. Run the Jewels was really great when their first record came out, and you were like, hell yeah, this is like some LP and Killer Mike shit. Like this is exactly what it would sound like if these two guys who have a distinct sound did their own thing together. <laughs> Kill Killer Mike come out talking like like Killer Mike. Uh, yeah, I mean I mean it sounded Run the Jewels sounds more like Killer Mike in my opinion than LP, but. Um I mean I know he's a producer and he's a vocal but whatever. Um but like they to me and it was again my opinion they just keep remaking the same albums. Like it's just the same sound over found, and over they again. They found the
0: formula baby. They're like let's
1: just run the shit into the ground and get just get paid. Run the shit. <laughs> run the jewels. Um <laughs> Run the shit from a butt. What I think is interesting as far as this bo- is like boring white guy bands though is and I this is a 100% biased. I know a majority of people will probably disagree with this. Blink 182 has found a way to stay so relevant. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> they have a fan base of like new, of like kids, like kids are just, I mean, Blink 182 is playing arenas still when they tour, they play arenas. Um, and they've have, they, it's just interesting to me that their audience has transitioned into a lot of young kids who are just now getting into them and then discover that they've had this crazy long like, history. Well, they've not done... I mean, they have they always have the core things that
0: make them blink, but they've not been scared to, like, embrace new stuff. And I should Especially say... Especially with Skiba
1: coming in. When I say relevant I don't mean, like, selling 5 million albums anymore like they used to.
0: But they're still, like... They make buzz when you hear their name. Like, it's not like, oh, they're still doing
1: stuff. They've consistently been shit. They're still a big, shit. big draw. Yeah. They're still selling records when they make... I mean, they make albums. There's some making albums that I like... Um, Mark Hoppus is, and like, if you look at the list, I can't remember where I saw it, maybe it was on a Blink fan page. When you look at the list of projects that Mark Hoppus and Travis Barker worked on in 2020, as far as a producer or a guest vocalist or a drummer or something, it's massive. Like, I saw a thing that was literally praising Travis Barker for saving pop punk and keeping it relevant in 2020 because he's on so many different things. Machine Gun Kelly and all that. He's on so many things. Um, Mark Hoppus
0: in general has produced quite a bit of stuff, even back when Blink was like, you know, mid 2000s. Like, I think he worked on Motion City Soundtrack and shit like that. Remember,
1: he was the vocalist on that first Simple Plan single, I Do Anything. He was like a. He did a verse. He did did a verse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I close my eyes. Yeah. (laughs) That song was on Kids Bob that Chelsea was on. I don't know oh why my or how. Oh, um, Anyway, <clears throat> I think blink like, Mark Hopper, what he does, like, he goes, and he goes on Twitch, like, all the time. He does live Twitch live streams all the time where he just plays video games. Wow. And then millions of people ask him questions, and he'll just answer, let's do Q&As. And, like, so many people have questions about all his new shit, and I'm just like, I'm a big fan and I don't really care that much about the new <laughs> shit. So to me, that just says that they have this huge audience of people that are that do care about their new shit. They just have staying power. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not saying that they're the biggest band in the world. They're not. But they're still super relevant and I think it's cool. Um, what was the other band I was going to Oh, the band that I feel like has stayed the most relevant and has broken the mold and has broken out of that boring white guy shit that we just talked about that had one of my absolute favorite albums of 2020. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's a band we've talked about on the show multiple times. Wow. And I didn't, I had a moment over the summer. I'll tell you over the summer, they released, they released a new album last year. It's one of my favorite albums over the summer. They released their first two singles from that album. And I listened to them and I was like, fuck, this is so good. And I just started thinking about this band and I even wrote like a, a appreciation thing for them on Twitter I was like, fuck, man, this band has been good my entire life and they've never missed. Some people would argue that they had some not as good albums, but they've been fucking great my entire life. And their album that they put out in 2020, still awesome. One of my favorites of the year. And it's not just like ironically nostalgic good, it's like really fucking good. And it's not Weezer. <laughs> no, I know people are going to think it's, it's Weezer. It Weezer has fallen into its own different Leon category. Coming out this year, baby. I know. Weezer is its own category that's <laughs> its own thing separate from all of this. <laughs> I can't figure if I, if I love or hate Weezer at this point.
0: So it's not boring white guy shit.
1: Fuck. I can't think of what came out in 2020 that would have been it's probably, I mean, you probably, you probably didn't hear this album, but like, it came out in 2020 and it was really fucking good. And they had some songs that were on. I mean, I listen to Sirius a lot, and they had some songs that were on Sirius for sure. Man, I can't. Who is it? The Killers. Oh fuck. Okay. The Killers are the best band of my generation. They have staying
0: power, and you see them in the OC, of course. That's how you know they're going to be a big
1: band. Obviously. Um, they got that OC bump to start their careers.
0: I mean, they had shit. I mean, I remember when Battleborn came out. I like that, but it was like, for me, honestly, it's like past, like around day and age sawdust. Like I don't really go past that though. That's for me personally,
1: right? But the, I I agree and I understand what you're saying and like again, this is all opinion. Like music is right. all opinion, but like I I'm think not I think out that album though. I need to check it out. Their new record is so fucking good. It's uh, like a top four killers album for me, maybe three. Um, it's very good. But I do also think that if you went back and listened to those albums you didn't like, because I'm sure you haven't listened to them in years. I think if you went back and listened to them, you'd be like, okay, they're good. They haven't they have not like missed yet. Yeah. Because when you listen to it and it first comes out, you have expectations, right? Um and then it's like oh that didn't quite hit where i wanted it to hit but i i listened to a lot of killers in 2020 just because i just i just realized how much i loved them like i've always loved them but i don't think i realized how much i love them and they're just fucking good man there are bands that get stuck in this thing that i'm I, it's stuck in
0: the expectation you know it's like when the album after Samstown came out, I think it is Day and Age. It's like mm-hmm. I I wanted another Samstown. That's how it happens to everybody. That's what happened to Kings
1: of Leon. Well, That's why I think they've they've, they've not fallen into that kind of team Apollo because they didn't do thing. the same thing again. Yeah, they, like they, they are. And Blink One Eighty Two still like same thing kind of yeah. thing. Like they're changing band members, <laughs> but um, Ski One Eighty Two. That's right. I like Ski, but um, but yeah, the Killers are just so fucking good. I think they're the best band of our generation. They're the most consistent band of our generation. They, um,
0: have you watched? The, they did a, they were on an episode of Song, song Exploder. Yeah, yeah. So fucking good. I watched that I one. I watched that one, the Nine Inch Nails one. That was, cool. that one, one
1: was a cool one because it was about, um, as an old song. What was the old song? Um, He Doesn't Look a Thing Like Jesus. Oh, by the kid. It's a, uh, when, you, when know, you were young. When you were young, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I was like, I thought they were, I thought Song Exploder really only did like newer songs. When they did When You Were Young, yeah. I was like, okay, I'm here for this. And then they did Hurt Nine
0: Inch Nails. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, huh. That Killers thing killed me, though, because it was, like, um, they talked to the producers, too. You know, it's, like, Flood, and that other guy came in, the other guy's name. But it's just, like, the editing in that episode was too, was funny, too, because they're, like, the guy. I can't remember the guy, the host, but he played, like, the original demo, and he could see that Brandon Flowers was, like, how'd you get <laughs> How that? did you get this? And it's, like, it's important to have people to tell you no. And then you hear the bridge, and you're, like... It's so iconic now that song that we can't imagine it being different. Right. But at the time when they're writing it, but now hearing it now, you're like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, why would they want to put that in? But I'm if glad you, think you brought this up. It, but in Sam's Town, there is very much that feel. Like, the beginning of Bones has that same kind of feel of what that happened in that
1: bridge of that yeah, song. Yeah, definitely. I didn't even put that together until you just said that. Um, I'm Glad you brought that up. One, it made me think of like five things I want to talk about all at once. <laughs> One. <clears throat> this isn't one of them, but it was just. Sorry, my throat's like <clears> throat> on um one of those one of those Mark Hoppus um, Twitch streams he did recently. Um, Blink on their newest album that came out last year on Nine. They had a song called "Blame It on Blame It on My Youth," and it was one. It was release, I think it was a single, and it was it was good. I I enjoyed it. Um, and then on one of the Mark Hoppus streams, someone was chatting, and they were like, "What's up with that Miley Cyrus version of Blame It on My Youth'?" And he just like froze like deer in the headlights. And he's like, Is that out? Did that leak? (laughs) And he was just like, That wasn't supposed to be out. Like, we cut that. Like, it was never supposed to see the light of day. Somehow it leaked. And he just didn't know it. And it was really funny. Um, But yeah, they got Miley Cyrus to like sing on this, on a different version of that song with them. And it leaked. And you can find it like on YouTube. Holy shit. And it's, I mean, it's really not that different. It kind of sounds the same, but. um, So funny to get that reaction. It's crazy crazy to me that Blink and Miley Cyrus are collabing (laughs) together because those are two of my favorite artists. Um, So you brought up Song splitter, which is great because I did watch a couple of those episodes of this new season because Dua Lipa was on it.
0: Oh, right. I saw that she had an episode.
1: They did um, an episode for That Song of Love Again, which I really enjoy. But it's also what I want to talk about with Taylor Swift, which was I think that Folklore is her best album. And I think that it's really interesting, especially for me, to watch artists like Casey Musgraves and Taylor Swift and Dua Lipa, <clears throat> like, um, again, these are artists specifically to me. I'm not saying that like I'm not great, I'm not breaking ground here, but like Taylor Swift went through this awkward phase of country singer, like overly produced pop star, like when the runs shake it, shake it off, and then she fell into this bizarre, like everyone hates me, and she made that out, Reputation album. Which was bad. That's a bad album. I love Taylor Swift. That's a terrible album. That's the one that had look what you made me do on it. Right. <clears throat> um and so then she was just in this place. It just seems like she was being told what to do. She was being like kind of pushed around. And when she made Lover, which was her first of like she made Lover came out in twenty nineteen, which is like not that long ago. It was the first time I was like, that was my, that when she put Lover out, I was like, this is my favorite Taylor Swift album. And then she put Folklore out and I was like, this is my favorite Taylor Swift album, <laughs> which is not, this doesn't happen very often. Like it's, it's rare that an artist will put out a new album and that becomes your favorite album by them, right? Because you usually have like one or two you always want to go back to. Um, but like, it was really cool to me to see her just say, fuck it all. And then she made another documentary for HBO. The Folklore thing was on Disney+. Plus. She made a documentary called Miss Americana. It was out last year and it talked a lot about what I'm talking about, which is like her getting away from her label, <clears throat> getting away from people telling her what to do and just like doing her own thing and saying like, fuck it, I'm Taylor Swift. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I feel like it's so fun. And like, I, I, I brought this up because I saw a Dua Lipa thing today that made me think about this. But like, I thought, I feel like as a, someone who's followed Casey Musgraves for a long time, she made two albums that were fine. One of them won country album of the year at the Grammys. But then she made, but then she made, um, golden hour. And it's just like such its own thing. It's not a I mean it's considered a country album, I guess, but to me it's really not. It's the most uncountry country album. It's more of a folk album than anything to me. Yeah. Um so she made that. And like when I saw her before, she was this girl that was trying to make it in country music. And like you could tell she was trying to make it in country music. And you could tell with a lot of that Taylor Swift stuff I mentioned, she was trying so hard to like do something that she thought she was supposed to do, I guess. And I, I only thought about this today because I saw like a, a Dua Lipa thing that she put that British Vogue put out today. It was like a four minute, like basically like a comedy sketch featuring Dua Lipa as like a dance teacher. And I watched it and I've been following her for a long time. I saw her for the first time, like 2017 at Bonnaroo. And I watched it and I was just really taken by like how just how much she just owned it. She was the most confident, like bad bitch in this comedy thing. And I was like, it's so cool that she is there. And, like, we saw Casey Musgraves, like, figure it out and be like, fuck these people. I'm going to do what I want to do. Like, I'm the boss here. I'm going to make the music I want to make. And she made what is, in my opinion, the best album of, like, the last 20 years. Dua Lipa is the same way. Like, Dua Lipa made the best album of 2020, in my opinion. And it's incredible. And they even talk about it in that Song Exploder episode where she's like, I have people around me. There was a specific thing on Love Again, which is the song they did. And she was like, but this thing was something that I had to do. They were telling me it shouldn't be there. But I said, nope, I want it there. And she put it in. And it's like one of the best parts of the song. And I just think that's really cool to have these. I mean, I think it happens a lot more to female artists because it's a male-dominated industry. But to have these artists like Taylor Swift now making Folklore and Evermore saying like, fuck it, I'm going to do what I want to do. And you guys are either on board or you're not. But I'm going to do what I want. And they end up making the best works of their career. So. Jesus. I don't know why I thought about that, but I'm sorry I sorry I went on that tangent. No, I was very, like, wax poetic about <laughs> <laughs> dude it. I just think it's cool. I just think can't it's, miss. I, I mean, just think agree. it's cool that, like, you are a fan of these people, and you see them doing the thing, and now you see them, like, they found, like, their confidence, right. and they're making just fucking incredible art. I think it is cool,
0: too, when you, like, you mentioned you've seen her at Bonnaroo, like, all those years ago, and it's like, fuck, like, I knew she was going to
1: make it. Like,
0: I knew she yeah. was going to be huge.
1: I knew she was I knew that she should be huge. Yeah. I mean who knows if she actually if right. people That's ever true. will, but yeah. Yeah, she's she's incredible. She's so young too. She's like twenty five. <sighs> I always I hate hearing that shit. I'm like,
0: fuck, I need to get my shit together. But she's just so good. I need to release my album. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh so you had uh okay, okay. We have mm-hmm. to mention this. Sure. This is big. Almost this was like breaking news, stop the presses. Uh oh. You finally got the Blinking since six seconds. Oh my god, yes, <laughs> you had talked about on the last episode. I was like, it Did I him, talk about it? Took it? him a year to get it.
1: Yeah, I talked about that. Yeah. I can't believe I talked about that. Yeah. I oh wow, and it was, I wish like, I would have found that clip when I posted about
0: was it. This is like a week ago or something. That you, it was like last week, wasn't it? Yeah, and you were like, I, so I got it. There's
1: an Instagram filter. <laughs> I'm sure if you heard that podcast, I talked about it. It's an Instagram filter where it's just yourself, it's a selfie of your face. There's a timer above your head that counts up, and you just, the point is to blink your eyes when you blink your eyes. The <laughs> counter stops. I don't know how they do it. The counter stops. And the, the point Russians. is, the point the is to, oh, my, they have all my data. Yeah. The point is to <laughs> blink at exactly six seconds, not 6.005, which I had done, which I was haunted by all of 2020. Haunted by? The point is 6.000. That's when you want to blink. And uh, I may, I spent so much time, like the holidays, 2019. I spent so much time making all my friends do it. I'm sure I made you do it. Um, making all my friends do it all the time. I was posting so much of it on my Instagram story. <laughs> I like, gave up it after was like one track. So and frustrating. <laughs> it's so fucking frustrating. It's like something that should be so simple and it's so f- maddening. And I started seeing my memory posts of that like a week ago on Instagram. It's like, Hey, remember when you were doing this a year ago. I was like, fuck, I forgot about blanket six seconds. Blinket but- Six Seconds went away quickly when the pandemic started. Suddenly more important things were happening. Right. And I was like, man, I haven't done that in like almost a year. I'm gonna try it again within three tries. I got it. Nailed it. Got it, baby. We would love to see it, a loop get closed. So that came full yeah. circle. I was just like, you know what? It came I'm to ending, fruition. I'm ending twenty twenty on a high note. <laughs> I was able to blink it six seconds. It's something that has been wrecking my psyche. It's that's all right. year.
0: That's a jewel in your crown. Let's say you rest your laurels on that. Oh, My
1: God, I can't believe that. I can't believe we seconds. talked about that last year. That's funny.
0: <laughs> I I was listening back to the episode. I was like, no fucking way. We talked about that. That's, that's crazy. Right. Um, you mentioned that you had a resolution last year. Okay. That in 2020 you're gonna, you weren't gonna let yourself mindlessly str- scroll on TikTok and Instagram. How did yeah? You know that?
1: That's been well. I actually did really well with that. That's great. Um, I keep my phone face down all the time now. Like I do I, that. Same, yeah.
0: I think someone told me about that. Like if you put your phone face down. You're not going to. It means something going to happen. It's if, even if it lights up, you
1: don't look at it. The point of that was to. I guess the, the bigger point of that resolution was just kind of trying to be more mindful and more present. And because I have this conversation all the time on another podcast that I've been on a lot. It's called Backyard Therapy. Great podcast. Um. But we talk a lot about just distractions and the addiction to your phone. And like that That documentary came out over the summer. Uh, Oh, yeah. Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma, yeah. And I personally, my opinion is like I don't have a problem with that stuff. I think that if you find joy in that, like if you're able to get on your phone and distract yourself from something for an hour, like go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I, there's levels to it. It's like, well, but they're, but their algorithm is dictating what you do. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like, who cares? I don't give a shit. Well, they're nailing it, brother. I know. They're like, well, you should be, we want to be a free thinker. And I was like, okay, well, if they show me something, I buy, I buy so much dumb shit from Instagram and Facebook. I bought this water bottle that I still have a year later. Oh, we shit. talked about this last year, right? You drank water. I drink a lot of water in 2020. Um, but like that came from an Instagram ad. It's just like, I don't care about that part of it. The part of it that I cared about was spending less time was like getting sucked into a black hole and then like realizing like, Oh, I could have done something else during that time. Um, one thing I did a lot of in 2020 was meditation. I almost said masturbation for some reason. Either one. <laughs> uh, I mean, both honestly, I know um, was <laughs> meditation, um, which just helped a lot with that kind of mindfulness and being present and like focusing on our conversation and not wondering like wonder what's going on on tiktok right now um also who, di- no, who just died or we're trying to figure out who just died <laughs> um but uh, tiktok also kind of maybe it's maybe it's just like the the cutting edge douchebag in me but tiktok kind of fell off i feel like like it it was cool before and i this is like the most douchey thing to say but it was cool before like all the celebrities got on it, you know, that's how the same thing happened with Twitter when it was just people making original fun stuff. And now it's just celebrities promoting shit. Like, um, I mean, obviously there's millions of different areas of TikTok that you can fall into, but, um, it just became a lot less interesting to me, I guess. Um, and things like working on meditation and running or have become more important it's not even really a care for me like i'm like i can go running right now or i could spend an hour <laughs> fucking getting sucked into the infinite content hole of tiktok but so yeah that was one that i definitely i, I think i succeeded at that I did that and i drank water drink <laughs> i'm ryan drake and i drink water. yeah wait what about you i remember i asked you about your resolutions
0: i did not do a very good job of i remember yours uh, was
1: something along the lines of like you want it to be more decisive yeah right is yeah. that right yeah and Hell assertive yeah. Okay, you weren't. Those are my resolutions again for this year. Okay, that's fine.
0: (laughs) I think I work on it. It's getting better.
1: Um, So like when you say like uh, when you like give me specifics like when you say assertive, what is it? Well,
0: have you ever done like or do you know anything about like the Enneagram? Oh, yeah. So I'm I'm a a, hard seven. I'm a type nine. Oh, interesting. I know a lot of people that are nines. So I'm like brother. The last thing I want to do is make a choice. So like wow. It's just, like, internal conflict, you know what I mean? And so I just, like, ugh, I don't want to decide, like, do whatever. I don't want to, like, put are you someone afraid, out. Are you
1: afraid you're going to make the wrong choice? Or are you afraid someone's going to disagree with your choice? Probably a little bit of both.
0: Okay. Because I'm also, like, I don't really, I'm not a big guy on confrontation, uh, Yeah, we've obviously. discovered, we've discovered this, yeah. Um, But, yeah, man, I, I think it's also, like, a thing of some of those, some of the things that you have, like, the perception of yourself in your mind, you know what I mean? is that i i will get i feel like i'm like putting someone out like it's just like something that i'm dealing with from growing up is that i think that i'm inconveniencing someone and that comes from like st- shit that happened to me in my childhood or whatever
1: but you think that by you inconveniencing them they're going to like think less of you now yeah okay
0: and so it's like if I choose the wrong thing, like they're not gonna like me or
1: something. See, that's a uh, man. I don't know how down. I don't know how deep down this you want to get, but like that's a lot of stuff I've dealt with, in just like learning about, um, just like psychology and like talking to my therapist and like learning about all sorts of crazy shit. Specifically, one of the things I found, one of the things I found to be most interesting that I learned a lot about in twenty twenty partially for reasons that were related to my life, partially for reasons that I just were really interested in it. it. was like attachment styles. You know about this? Like attachment theory? Now, what is that? I mean, it would take me a long time to really flesh it out. And oh, I know shit. your listeners probably don't care this much <laughs> about it. But This is the uh, psychology um, portion of the episode. It's basically just how you how you are in relationships with people. And, I, and it didn't have to be romantic. It could be friendships. It's how you, like, um, are you someone that, and, basically, and there, there's no wrong. Like, by the way, there's no wrong. Because one of them is called um, secure, which sounds like that's the right one. But, like, everyone has their own fucking shit, right? Secure just means that, like, I'm me. I'm going to do what I want. And we're going to be friends or we're not going to be friends. It doesn't matter, right? Like, we'll either jive or we won't jive. Um, anxious attachment is another thing, which sounds a little maybe more like you. I'm not trying to therapize you on your own podcast. But to me, that that's just, like... I want you to like me. Like, you, I want you to like me. That's kind of what I need. And if you don't, I'm going to try harder. You know? <laughs> Shit. That does sound kind of like me. I mean, right.
0: I, I would prefer for people to like me.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, it's, it, it's there's so many different like sub, yeah. sub things you can go into. But then there's also just like avoidance, avoidance behavior, something that I realized that I was gravitating towards a lot, especially when it comes to like dating, is <laughs> like people who are uninterested, and which made me anxious. People who are like, um, who are afraid of like having real conversations and will like put space between you, which then makes an anxious person try harder to like, f- to like get them to like them and try and so it, it's a whole thing. Wow! But like that's something that I really studied and learned a lot about just because I thought it was really interesting and it helps you understand people in the same way that an Enneagram does. It's like what's your attachment style. Um, there was a reason. Oh, but you were talking about your your resolutions. Um. I don't know why I started talking about that because you said you wanted to be more decisive. Oh, because you're afraid that people aren't going to like you. But I think that um, I think people would, would still respect you regardless if you just say, like, I'm going to do this. Either you're on board or you're not. Yeah. You know,
0: I think it's true. I mean, it's just like the I don't know. You have like the imposter syndrome part of it, too. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, why would anyone care what I thought about this thing? But. At the end of the day, I just think about. But you, but I, you also started a podcast. Yeah, like I have fun talking to my friends about the stuff that we like, and so that was like one of the things that gave me pause in 2020 with, the, when the pandemic hit. It was just like a chance for me to like take a step back and be like, oh, I don't need to just put out an episode every week to make sure that I like filled the feed and like did my thing, check the box for that week. Not saying that I didn't care about the stuff I was putting out, but it was just like a this is like my thing and I'm in control and I can really like flush this thing out and like have an idea of like who I want to talk to about what and be a little bit more intentional about it.
1: Realizing that like, and this is a thing that, that I've taken me years to learn, but like realizing that like there are a lot of things you can't control and like you really wanted to happen. Like, I really want to put out an episode every week during a pandemic, but it's kind of out of your hands at some point. Like, you can't control that, right? Like, no one's going to be like, damn, Harold really fell off his fucking (laughs) podcast. Like, I guarantee you no one thought that. (laughs) But I'm sure in your head you're like, people are going to think I'm not taking this seriously if I don't do it. And I think the same way all the time. Like, I told you I felt weird about taking a week off from the OC podcast during the holidays because it to me it could be conceived as, oh, are they just doing it when it's convenient for them? Right? So, I know, I get that. Um, but you're not but you're not wrong. No one thinks that. Everyone loves you. <laughs> you're the most what, likable you're the most likable person I've ever met. That's it meant, this is I this I'm curious how your quarantine was, especially in the beginning. It like, was like it, was it you were just locked up in your house, right? Yeah with your wife. Yeah. Um you married wife or girl? Yeah, yeah wife. Um and what, what like what did you like how often did you leave? Like what did you do? I, I know obviously not. you went to see Tenet.
0: I went and did that and then other than that man, and my wife works at a hospital, so she never stopped going to work. Ugh, so I'm at home terrifying. alone. That's with terrifying. The dog. And yeah, and I'm like, fuck, like oh. She's Th- going to bring it home. Thankfully she's in a clinic, so she's like it's like brain surgery. It was it like, that she worked in like the the neurosurgery. So she wasn't like in the hospital proper. Right. So I was a little glad about that, but she was still going to work, so it was just me at home all day with the dogs and I'm like uh, maybe the occasional like um go through the drive thru or curbside to pick to get mm-hmm. lunch, but a lot of the time I was just eating at eating at home, like eating lunch at home. So it's like for an extrovert such as myself, it was very trying. It was very difficult. I found my you know, you you talk about like your cup being full, it's like my cup was not getting filled. I was not getting yeah, to no, see I people. Get it. I wasn't getting the interact with people i love being around people i love hugging my friends and mm-hmm. being around i get energized by being in groups and talking and you know bullshit with people so it was like very draining you know what i mean
1: yeah how it's it's weird how like not doing something can take all your energy away yeah I'm like, when dude. you're like when you want to go do something and you get like re-energized <laughs> about it um I will say it made me really happy and you can cut you can cut this part out if you want. Um because I don't know if you want this out there. I don't know like cuz everyone acts like they're the most responsible people like I never did anything wrong. Like I feel like I've been very responsible during the pandemic but everyone does some shit you know what i mean i went and saw tenet yeah you went well i know where you also came and uh i felt terrible oh my god i forgot about that no we were all shook
0: about that i also was that was august your birthday august August. i forgot about yeah yeah, no go ahead i'm not gonna cut this out i I
1: forgot about that it was my my birthday is in august and it's my birthday i'm a leo and i'm an enneagram seven so my birthday is a fucking big deal to me and uh this is the first year, obviously, I could not throw a big dance party at the Speakeasy in a long time. Because you but usually throw a birthday party. I usually throw my own birthday yeah. party because I'm the only person that I trust to throw my birthday party is me. I don't trust my friends. Um, And so I we were, oh, like, even back in, like, May, I was just thinking, like, this is going to go into August, so what am I going to do for my birthday? <laughs> and I just started putting, I mean, I did a couple things. Like, I went skydiving, actually. That was one of the things I did. We. I just. I saw you right after that. The yeah. party was right after that. Yeah. I went skydiving which was incredible. Um and I went on a trip. <laughs> I went on a trip hiking through Arkansas which was dope. Did some did some drugs. It was a great time. <laughs> but uh, the, one of the other things was like we I wanted to have some sort of and let me just say what I wanted to have was some sort of small get together with my friends. And I was like it needs to be outside obviously because I I mean if it's August so it's the weather It was hot, but it was outside weather. I was like, it needs to be outside because we're in a pandemic and I want to see my friends and I want them to celebrate me. And I also knew, and like one thing that I've really taken up, especially in the second half of this last year was, you know, as people say like, you know, check up on your friends, make sure they're okay. But like, I really was trying like, I know a lot of people that like needed something. They were like, I am not like, I am so just locked in my house. I need something. And I mean, I've been really keeping up with a lot of my friends and like setting up like one-on-one hangouts since then. I've learned my lesson since then. <laughs> it's like one-on-one hangouts or whatever. I'm um, just trying to keep up with people. <laughs> but like, I was like, I want to have a small get together with my friends. And we ended up choosing a place that was open. It was an open, open area. And it was also open <laughs> for business. Um, <laughs> it was all outdoors. Um, I don't want to say what they are. Cause I want them to like, don't put them on blast. Now. But I did not expect. First of all, I invited. I did the wrong thing by inviting a lot of people because I expected not many of them to well, show up. Well, that's what you do. But so many people had been deprived
0: that I'm sure everybody. That's like, what it was. A oh, fucking thing was like. Happening. I thought
1: I'm gonna invite 50 people and maybe 15 of them will show up because for good reason. I wasn't gonna be mad if they didn't show up. For good reason, they don't want to come out during a pandemic and be around other people. I get that. Well, what I did not expect was, one, the place we went was already pretty crowded. <laughs> there was a lot of people there. It was indeed. Uh, There's a lot of people at this place. And then the group of people that showed up for my party was way, way bigger than I expected. It was a lot of people. Um, So we just had this big fucking gathering in the middle of August for my birthday, which was great. But, man, I felt nervous. I got kind of drunk that night. But I felt so nervous once I got there and saw what was happening. I was like, oh, fuck. People are going to be mad. Some people did come and then left. People showed up in the parking lot. I'm like, no, we're leaving. Oh, a really? couple people yeah. I at
0: least came in. I was like, hey, happy birthday. I was so happy. But I was left. just like,
1: so happy that you came, <laughs> though. I remember thinking, like, there was a like, you and a couple other people. I'm not going to say their names either.
0: I know. I'm like, I was going to mention that. I was like, I don't want to put anybody but, on. But like, blast.
1: you know, there was a couple of our friends we hadn't seen in a while. And I was like, oh man, I'm so happy that like you guys came and like I got to see <laughs> you and like talk to you. Um, but also, I was just like, fuck. Shit. If anyone gets COVID here, it's bad. It's on me. It's 100% on me. And I was just so worried about that. Thankfully, it's been six months. No one from our group, from my party, got COVID. Dude, I, dude, I cannot believe that I forgot about that.
0: That's yeah. so crazy. I was like, and I felt bad for how fast I left because I was like, oh, no, no, it's not at birthday. all. Not at all.
1: You shouldn't. But I was like, I felt bad that people that that many people showed up, and I was like, "Oh my god!" I was happy. It makes me feel good that that many people showed up, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh." But man. it must have been
0: that that so many people were cooped up. They were like a fucking thing. I can. I prefer go to? to think I'm it going. was
1: uh, more about me, but yeah, but that too. That too yeah, too, obviously. That
0: too. No, but I did like when we get there, and then it was like another one of our friends that I was sitting by was like, yeah. "I did not know." Was, was he like this.
1: super nervous? I did not. Yeah, they're like he's like super anxious. I, I did
0: not know this <laughs> many people were gonna be here. I did not either. I was like, nor did I.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It was a thing. I'm glad no everyone is survived, and I feel bad. I felt kind of bad <laughs> about it. Dude. But at the same time, once it was passed, I was like, that's kind of you bad. I was. I, I did feel like it's kind of cool we pulled that off. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you should feel bad, man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know why we ended up talking about COVID in our lives. Well, you asked me like, about. Uh, oh, your resolutions.
0: My my, my boring teen. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, and we can't. We can't. We've got to finish out the episode with the biggest. The biggest W you took? Okay, I can think of two. Okay, if we okay, we can talk about both because I mean one's really Mr. Fat, Mr. Yeah. Mr. B... Uh, Mrs. Biba Dooby, Biba Dooby, baby. Listen back to this episode. Listen back to the episode we did last year with Mr. Mm-hmm. Ryan Drake. That's right. He one hundred percent called the rise of one Biba Doobie. She is just killing it. Um,
1: I couldn't believe I started seeing her everywhere. I was like, fucking Ryan knew she. Is killing it. She, I think I said I'd put her on my, my, my spring, or like, first playlist of the year. I make four yeah. playlists every year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she had that big, big song from TikTok that, that, um, the song about dying. I can't remember yeah, what, it was. the I remember POFU it. song, um. It was that big, big song from TikTok where she, he just kind of sampled one of her acoustic songs, but she got credited for that. Obviously it's featuring Biba Doobie. And then from there, she just in the summer just launched into a fucking full on like rock and roll punk rock princess. There you go. Um, and she's just been killing it, man. She is filling all of the spaces and checking all the boxes that I wanted those bands like the strokes and Tame Impala to check, but she's doing it instead. Like artists like her, um, I just think there's this new generation. The, the, the thing that TikTok is doing that's fucking killing it is breaking a lot of new artists and also reinvigorating old songs.
0: Yeah. Like they did the, um, I'm just a kid challenge with like the dog. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like people are hearing about simple plan. Like, yeah,
1: that would have never heard about them and stuff. Like, I like that. Like Beba Doobie is going to be massive. Um, I was, thank you for, for pointing out that I was very on board a year ago. Um, But, like, when I made my favorite songs of 2020 list, I um, realized that there were a couple songs on there that I learned about from TikTok. That Like, one of them was from 2015. (laughs) But, like, I didn't care. I was like, I'm I'm bending my own rules here because I didn't hear that song until 2020. I don't care if it was made in 2015. I heard it on TikTok, and I was like, this is really good, and I got really into it in 2020. I feel like that should count. But, like, that's what TikTok is doing. Like, TikTok is really running shit in the music industry. Dude, the freaking... Yeah, like,
0: uh... Dogface, that whole shit Dude. was insane the, fleetwood the mac. streams of fleetwood mac and then did you see like shelves of ocean spray being gone fleetwood mac a fucking truck like, ended God up damn. being
1: one of the top streamed artists of 2020 because yeah. of that i think
0: was it chelsea it said she had them on her top but it was like before Dogface. yeah she was like that's so crazy that like was happened to be listening to them and then that happened and it was like their stream i mean had, i had a, i
1: had like a like, a list of, like, the artists that were the top from, like, the rock charts, I think, from 2020. Like, Fleetwood Mac was, like, towards the top. That's nuts. Of, like, the top streamed, like, rock, quote-unquote rock artists of 2020. Um, But, yeah, no, shout-out to Beepa Doobie. She's just incredible. She's killing it. She's doing very cool, like, kind of grungy guitar melody, like, hard rock, almost hard rock, not really, like, guitar melody. Right. um, Just really dope music and... She is just so young and so fun. And like, I can't wait for her to get to the point where I saw Dua Lipa today on that video. I can't wait for fucking Biba Doobie to get to that it's point. Your
0: 2017 Bonnaroo duo for Biba Doobie.
1: Yeah. Like five years from now, Biba Doobie's is going to be fucking running shit. Like <laughs> she I, will be the queen of music. I saw, I think I saw
0: her. She did like a live lounge somewhere or another, but I tagged you in it. I was like fucking Ryan. Like it's right. crazy.
1: She is killing it. So, like, uh, my favorite song of 2019, or 2020, it's weird to keep saying back and forth like that, um, was this song called Fire For You by this band called Cannons. Have you heard that song? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Again, it was a song that came out in 2019, I think the end of 2019. So I was like, whatever. I didn't hear it until 2020. I heard it in the spring, and I just fell in love with it, and then I started learning more about this band. And they're just, to me, they're they are the band that you that like you would create in a lab to like be massive and i feel like they're going to be massive they're like all the best parts of like beach house i feel like beach house is their sound is so unique but they're also kind of unapproachable like Cannons can take the best parts of like that kind of dream wavy sound, but make it accessible for people who enjoy like pop music or like straight ahead rock music, I guess. Um, there's nothing, nothing wrong with beach house. I really like beach house a lot, but they're an acquired taste, I think. Um, and cannons is going to take that sound and become massive. And I feel like they could be a big, big 2021 band. If they, if they make a new album, which I think they will to capitalize off the success of this last year, then they, it will be big. Oh, and shit. they're they also, but they're also, they're like a cool LA band, which immediately puts them at the top of the list to be like featured in commercials or TV oh, shows and shit yeah. like that. Also, they're just like really attractive people. They're all, it's like a girl and two dudes, and they are all just like hot. <laughs> and it's like, they're going to, they, people are going to want them on like the late night shows. And like, I, I'm i ready for Cannons <laughs> to blow up into a big band. I played Cannons on the live stream I did for 2K Productions. I played a, Canons oh yeah, I saw that. I played a remix of Fire for You. And it's just like, that song just, I, just fall in love with it every time I hear it. Shit. Okay, that's the
0: prediction. Yeah, that's the big one for uh, for this year. Then we'll have to check that it check in on that in twenty twenty two.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, that's weird to think. But the, about. All, the only thing I wanted to mention that I talked to you about last week. Oh yeah. Was because uh, one of my resolutions kind of ties into one of my resolutions for this year is that um, we talked on that podcast a year ago about I don't remember the context. I just remember jokingly think saying that we should invest in oh. both TikTok <laughs> yeah. and Snapchat. Yeah. I remember saying Snapchat's kind of coming back. You like did Snapchat's say that. kinda like having a moment. Like it's kind of Yep. Like everyone dropped off in their start, but then people who stayed are are staying. Like they're not gonna drop anymore. They're lifers. If nothing else, they're gonna get bigger. And Snapchat f- kind of everything tanked in March. And this was something I've thought so much about is um, when everything was going to shit in March, I always remember thinking like, "Now the time to invest in every company," because all of their stocks just completely fell apart. Um, but I also was just thinking like, "Do am I financially secure enough to survive a pandemic if right. I take a chunk of that money and invest it? Your are nesting, it's a game. right?" So I didn't do anything. But like companies, like like obviously, like if we, I just think people just didn't think enough about it. But like when the pandemic started. I thought about Zoom as a company Fucking and I was Zoom. like, Zoom's going to be massive. Huge. And I I mean, I think I I, clearly I wasn't the only person who thought that, but like their shit went through the roof. Snapchat, for some reason, I don't know why Snapchat's not as really like um, pandemic related, but Snapchat's stock price has skyrocketed over the course of 2020. Like it went up and up and up and it's as high as it's ever been right now. I think That's by a ton. And, one of my resolutions is to like, I want to really like figure some of this out. I want to invest. Like, I feel like I, I can kind of see things coming every now and then I could, saw Dua Lipa forecast
0: and a little forecast.
1: I'm saying I saw, you know, I saw Dua Lipa coming. I saw Biba Doobie coming. I I was like, I feel like I could make some good investments here or there. So that's something, that's something I want to do in 2021 is like, I want to make some money doing that shit. Capitalize. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what I'm going to invest in yet. I haven't even thought about it. I just know that's something I want to get into.
0: Well, when you get that feeling again, text you, just don't Well, text me. And then I'll be
1: like, dude, it's time to invest. Let's go. One thing that I, that drove me insane that I literally thought about the night of the election was that, um, I mean, I'm a big, I love looking at gambling stuff. I don't gamble that often. I love looking at like every week for sports, like who's favored to win by how many points or something. Cause I watch a lot of sports. Um, and like I on the election night. I looked at it was right after Florida was called for Donald Trump. I looked at election odds because I never I literally never had a doubt. That I did Biden. not know people bet on that. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, I never had a doubt that Biden was going to lose. I was like, there's no way. He's, I mean, the only way he would lose is if something like what's happening now. <laughs> I just I just knew he was not going to actually lose the election. Um, maybe Donald Trump will find a way to legalize his way back into the White House. I don't know. I just knew that Biden was not going to lose. And so Biden was the heavy favorite to win. So it was like, you shouldn't be betting on that because he's clearly going to win and he's the heavy favorite to win. After, by the time Florida fell for Trump, Joe Biden's odds had gone up to like, I don't know if you know what this means, but they had gone up to like plus 700 on some websites, which means if you put a hundred bucks down, you would win 700 if he wins the election. Jeez. And like, there was like an hour where he was, his he had gone like it had flip-flopped trump was favored to win by a ton and like live in like lifetime by the end of that first night it had kind of gone back to even but there was about an hour where you could get biden at like plus 700 and i was like i just need to get everyone we all need to put all our money together and bet this right now because he's not going to lose we're going to make a ton of money if we bet this so i want to do more shit like that in 2021 God. okay trust your instincts
0: yeah you've got them you've got them razor sharp yeah fuck yeah. that's so good you did talk about – last year you did talk about your Facebook stock and how you're going to sell. You thought about selling when the –
1: camera Analytica? The, yeah. Yeah. I Kennedy, still have that.
0: And you didn't. I was like no, smart man. I still
1: have Facebook stock. I don't even know what it's at right now. But yeah. But
0: you didn't – yeah. You did text me about the Snap.
1: I was like, fuck. I, I think, should take I that – I should cash out that Facebook stock and then turn that around and reinvest it in something else. That's what I should do. There you go. Thank you for this You've inspo. you got your nest egg. Thank you for this inspo, Harold.
0: There you go. I could say I remember him when. Yeah. When he, <laughs> when st- when he still back. had Facebook stuff. I <laughs> <laughs> well, appreciate you stopping by, man. Uh, why don't you tell people where they can uh, keep up with the Coens and keep up with the Ryan Drake?
1: Yeah, man. Um, I got back. I got w- way back into Twitter in 2020 for obvious reasons. There wasn't a lot else going on. So you can follow me on Twitter again. At um, Rake, R-A-Y-K-E. Um, I think my Instagram's private. If you're my friend, follow me on Instagram. If you're not my friend, don't follow me on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> follow our podcast, though. If you're interested in the OC, um, I host a podcast with my friends Chelsea and Dylan. It's called Keeping Up with the Cohens. You can find it at Cohens Pod on Instagram at C O H E N S P O D. Boom! I love that you love that. Uh, Cohens Pod on Instagram, um, and you can listen to our podcast. It's called Keeping Up with the Cohens. You can find it on Apple and Spotify, and uh, we've got some ratings now, some reviews. I think we've got like 32 or something. People are people are talking. That's what I need to do. I need to leave a rating still oh my god please R-R-B-U, yeah all right uh yeah so if you're into the sc check out our podcast apparently harold's really into it and yes. I, i'm so happy that you i like stand it. we stand, and me
0: and my household we stand i'm so happy that
1: i'm so clothes. happy that you like it because you're like my you're like the podcast <laughs> king of oklahoma city
0: <laughs> jesus i accept humbly
1: yeah uh
0: well, as always guys you can follow us on social media that's tunes tunes podcast t-u-n-e-s slash t-o-o-n-s We're on boom facebook, facebook twitter and instagram You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Bye-bye.